0: Uh, check this out. Yeah. uh Always, always mean what you say. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Kervin, a.k.a. Diddy Kendrick, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. NBA Youngboy, a.k.a. The One True King of the South, a.k.a. Black Carlo, AKA, we grind for this, we shine for this, but motherfucker, I still ain't got no time for this. (laughs) AKA, how dare you give me a taco salad with no motherfucking fork. And there's a story to go with it. What? On the hotline, as always, is my wonderful and gracious co-host. Hey, y'all. It's
1: your girl, Allie Nicole. AKA your favorite little shit talker, AKA that ball headed badass, AKA
2: Mrs. International Baby, AKA that little baby who is truly excited.
1: Calvin, before we get into your week cuz clearly something is going on. <laughs> clearly, fucking up your food is a cardinal sin. Like me, I'm not a huge food person, so if my food gets fucked up, I'm like, "Uh, eh, probably won't go eat it anyway." But like, when your shit gets fucked up, it is literally like, do you want to just talk about it? Let's talk about it, friend.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So for those who, so to give context, we are recording this at 1030 on Tuesday evening because that was the only time niggas was free this week. Okay. So so to understand the context of my mental state while we're recording, I have been ripping and running since eight o'clock this morning. Hootin' and I, Hollering. Hootin' and Hollering. I I have just now gotten back to my humble abode after being outside of my house for the past ten plus hours or twelve plus hours. Excuse me. How so, you, man?
1: Been? It's been a long hard Wednesday. Mm-hmm.
0: Listen. So in the, in the middle of this Hooten and Hollering, and we'll uh, we'll discuss why I think part of the the drawback of all these the virtual hybrid shit. Is people scheduling meetings back to back to back to back to back. But we'll talk about that later. So to make a long story a little less long.
1: Oh, I, I don't let my job do that. I'll be like, okay, well, I need 30 minutes between meetings.
0: So just, you, you, you know, talking about just in general, people confusing availability for them having access to said time. But so to make a long story less long, I, I had to kind of eat and move, had to kind of stick and run, eat and move, getting where I fit in because I was, you know, had had meetings all, of, you know, all across this great city of ours. And I needed I needed food that was going to be relatively, you know, close in order to kind of make everything done. So.
1: Inconvenient.
0: So while while I'm headed up to class, you know, what I'm saying, because, you know, they are getting school and shit.
1: And being a um, young boy.
0: I look, and it's, it's Taco Tuesday. So I'm like, let me try. Let me see if there's a Mexican spot that's closed in my, in, in, in my path. You know what I'm saying? So uh, this happened yeah. yesterday. This happened. Well, we are. This is Tuesday, baby.
1: Nigga, I am in the motherfucking future. All right, y'all. <laughs> because this, this is... time tomorrow, I will be have sand in my cheeks, sun in my face, and probably be, had my first cream pie of the vacation. And I ain't talking about hostess, nigga. So <laughs> I am truly excited.
0: I don't like you. I don't like you. Anyway, back to my story before you you before you, <laughs> you wanted to become little Debbie with your with your <laughs> whole ass. So I'm gonna go to this Mexican spot. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's on the way. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking maybe they got some Taco Tuesday situation popping so I can, you know, get a little discount. They don't. So I'm already annoyed because it's like the nerve of you. Do you not understand what day it is, right? But so I'm over here out. So I'm like, I need something that's relatively quick. I need something that I can back travel well, because I gotta eat this at the school before class. And cause I'm gonna to try to get some study in there before class. Like so So I settle on a fajita taco salad, right? I'm thinking something.
1: That, that sounds fire as fuck. It do. And
0: it, because in most Mexican restaurants that I go to, that is always a solid choice, right? Because it's like, you know, it's 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 it's, it's enough food, but ain't too much food. You know what I'm saying? You 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 get a little razzle-dazzle with it. Cool, cool, cool. So I'm thinking And
1: then niggas listen, it's got just enough net lettuce for niggas to consider it a solid. It's probably not healthy word for damn. Oh no, but nigga,
0: but it, has, it has a little bit of lettuce and a lot of and a lot of sour cream and guacamole. Nigga, like it's not. I don't. I don't pretend that it's healthy. I know what I'm getting myself into. Because maybe
1: niggas in their salads be having me fucking weak.
0: But but put a pin in that because we gonna come back to that. So okay, so order a his taco salad. I get it. I really don't have time to. You know what I'm saying? Like it look it look it look decent with cheese on top, and they give me some chips and some sauce. So I'm like, okay, cool. I, gotta, cause I got to because I got because I got to head over to the school because I need to be able to have time to sit down, eat this motherfucker before class starts. Right. Cool. I get there. The first thir- the first thing that is wrong with the situation is after I, I you know, get everything out,
1: there's no fucking fork. So what they expect you to do, eat this shit like a caveman.
0: And again, it'd be one thing if I ordered tacos. Even, or, or, or like a quesadilla or something where it's like it's reasonably expected to eat with your hands right where the you you gonna give me a salad with no fork nigga like what the who the fuck do you think i am so and mind you i'm thinking okay maybe okay no problem maybe you know what i'm saying i'm in the little lobby lounge area of my school may i'm thinking maybe they got a fork over there no they got knives. <laughs> so now you
1: better put 200 motherfuckers together eat them like chopsticks nigga <laughs> so,
2: so,
0: so now because you know what I'm saying mama raised a, 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 a clever motherfucker I'm out here with the chips and the knife trying to scoop up this salad you know what I'm saying because I ain't got no fork I
1: mean technically that's how you eat a taco salad but, maybe not but, a fajita let, salad
0: but let, I me, let, me, let me finish though now let's get to this actual fajita salad Okay. You know what a normal fajita salad is? Got some, some beans, some for some refried beans on the bottom. They got sour cream guacamole, a, l- yeah. a little bit of lettuce. You know, some some chicken, some cheese, razzle dazzle. This particular establishment took the salad part way too seriously.
2: What do you mean? Because I enjoy some lettuce.
0: So they have lettuce and spinach on this motherfucker. Okay. Chicken. Okay. And here's where here's where it starts to get fucked up. They don't I gotta say,
2: you ain't win left yet. Like I'm trying
0: to to hang in. there. So they have they have some bell peppers. And then
2: I find fucking carrots
0: (laughs) in this motherfucker.
2: Who frame
1: Roger Rapid ass salad? (laughs)
0: Oh, Bugs Bunny Space Jam new legacy ass salad. Oh, motherfucking
1: did I do that?
0: Ass salad. Fuck out of here. Oh,
1: what's up doc? Ass salad.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. Ass salad. Man, fuck. So then also that's all it has. They don't have no sour cream. Don't have no guacamole. Don't have no no refried beans. Don't have no no sauce. Barely got some cheese in it. So literally, it's literally a salad salad. And mind you, if If you coming in expecting a salad salad, you like, all right, cool. I was not coming in expecting a salad salad. I expected the same type of salad, but I get it every other Mexican (laughs) spot. But now you motherfuckers want to be different. And so now
1: (laughs) they probably served your shit with Hidden Valley Ranch.
0: (laughs) Fucking croutons and shit in that motherfucker. So I'm so now I'm sitting here resigned to eat this thing because I've already spent money on it. And I ain't got enough time to go back to the restaurant and get whatever, get a, some sort of replacement and be back in class. So I'm just sitting here eating my bullshit ass salad with no fork, by the way. I'm eating a bullshit ass salad with, with some chips and a knife. Thinking about how after already knowing that I've had a long day and that my day is not going to end until at some point past midnight. Just sitting there like how the fuck did we get here?
2: I'm not
1: gonna lie. Doesn't it feel good to your biggest complaint to be such a first world problem? Like in uh, perspective, right? So
0: and so, I look at it like this. And part of a reason I'm not, I'm trying my best to not complain about the long ass day I had, right? Is because what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, perspective on your problems and how a previous version of yourself. Would have died for to, this to be your problems, right? And so, yes, it's a funny rant because who the fuck serves fajita taco salad with goddamn carrots? Who the fuck does that? But understanding that, like, shit could have been a lot worse, and I, you don't want to, and you don't want to play a fresh Olympics. We never like to do that, but you understand that, like, shit could be a lot worse. So, yes, I understand that. But in the moment when I'm sitting there stunned and picking out carrots in a fucking quotation mark fajita taco salad i was very very i was very very pissed i'm like the nerve of you raggedy motherfuckers to have this be a fucking fajita taco salad y'all should be ashamed of yourselves as a collective
1: the unmitigated gall. well you know what we're recording we typically record on tuesdays but lately our new normal has been wednesdays but now we're back to our new i don't know what the fuck is going on y'all roll with it we listen we appreciate you right So today we are recording on a Tuesday because my black ass is getting on a flight and I will not be returning into the continental U.S., prayfully, fingers crossedly, until I I think I come back on the 7th. Yeah, I'll be back on the 7th. I have not one but two vacations I am geeked about and I'm going to spare the details until I get back because I really just don't want to spoil the fun. I'm really looking forward to it, Um, but let me tell y'all guys about my passport, right? So, this is my second passport. I got my first one a couple years ago. Um, literally, I was. Was yeah, I was married when I got my passport. We were supposed to take a vacation. That didn't work out. I lost it between here and there. And also, that birth that birth certificate, ha! Huh, that ma- that passport had my married name on it. So we didn't want that bitch for for anyway. I haven't been Mrs. Wright in. Three, four years? Yeah, it's been a minute, right?
0: Triple on time to don't even ask me how.
1: Listen, I've always been Mrs. Wright, but I'm not Mrs. Wright. Got it? Got it. That's actually somebody else's bad. So <laughs> you can hold that L. Anyway, so
2: um,
1: actually no, let me not throw no shade. My ex-husband is pretty decent guy. Like we both have to swim upstream. Like we can't stand each other right now, but that's right now. And if you're a friend of mine, you go through that. You have periods of time where you don't like me you'll come around. Everybody does. So, (laughs) um, and if not, you cool where you at. It just works out that way. So anyway, long story, really, really short. My ex-husband is, um, right. Anyway. So I lost my passport. I had to get a new passport. We got that. Right. And so the 12 weeks, this is my fault. My complete fault. I procrastinated, waited to the last minute because I was just like, oh. I can schedule an appointment two weeks before I'm supposed to leave and get my passport in two weeks, no problem, right? All you need is a flight confirmation, and that, like a flight confirmation of you actually are leaving, you paid money, you have an international flight out of the continental U.S., you need a passport, right?
2: So I'm like, oh, okay, I
1: could just do this two weeks in advance, no problem. So, I called them, the, the U.S. consulate or passport office, two weeks ago, thinking I would have an appointment that like maybe within the week no
0: oh no oh no listen oh, that's no. not how that
1: works so mm-hmm. they say that you you can schedule an appointment the soonest you can schedule an appointment is up to 72 hours before your flight so yeah my stomach hit my asshole because i'm like bro if i paid this money and i can't get my passport and i've already paid for my flight and i've already paid for vacations i've already played to leave this bitch do you know how motherfucking mad i'm going to be
0: Absolutely. I mean, this is you know what I mean. I think it's a, it's a situation where you know it's like the last you checked off everything and then the last thing, like because you know, you know, full disclosure, nigga. Like, but I, my passport still isn't in this motherfucker, and I was supposed to be on that motherfucking trip, but you know,
1: life happens. So, so what's crazy is that I was just like the moment that I found out that I could just request. Um, a passport 72 hours before my before an international flight. I said, fuck that application. We gonna chance it. And I know that there is a guardian angel guide on my side. Because, bitch, I like to play shit. And this was a lesson, right? Throughout this entire process. Because, of course, you can go. The closest for me would have been either Chicago or Detroit, right? So I ended, right. up, going, ended up going to Detroit. Um, it was actually, I got to, the consulate is, of course, downtown Detroit. I got to see Canada, like, just Canadaing, And And um, it was cool. Like, me and Mr. Big went. It was, like, honestly, it was a quick little overnight. Wonderful, right? Man, let me tell you something. I don't know what it's going to take to bring Detroit back, but I remember Detroit as Detroit. Like, I remember Detroit before the bailouts when it was truly the Motor City, when the shit used to be jumping. And mind you, I was a little underage. I was probably nineteen, twenty. But I remember when this Detroit was just like the shit. Being in Detroit and it's that quiet freaked me the fuck out. Like, how is this downtown Detroit in the middle of the day and it is so quiet? It is just quiet as fuck. I, and I know some of that, a lot of that is like, no. Some of it is COVID, but a lot of it isn't. And I'm like, damn. It makes me sad because I remember Detroit being fucking Detroit. Man, what? Me and Beloved used to hit that highway just because we felt like it. We used to be up in Detroit at least once a, once a summer. Just hanging out at least once a summer. And it's, it's just like, damn. So, and, but also, shout out to all my niggas from Detroit. Shout out to all our Detroit friends and the friends of the podcast that are from Detroit. We appreciate y'all. I was just in the city, and I'm like, I feel really
2: bad because Detroit used to be the shit. Like, I used to go to Detroit and have a fucking ball. I don't know, man. It was sad
1: to see the city like that. It was.
0: I mean, like, it's... Detroit suffers suffered from a lot, you know what I'm saying? But when... You know, the in- the end like the pivot away from like factories and factory jobs definitely impacted them. Obviously, you know what I'm saying? The the, the recession really impacted them because, you know, their the, the things that were headquartered there took like took severe ails. And also Detroit is one of the blackest cities in America. And we know how America feels about black people. Right. So, um, those things are just in common, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, listen, I remember going up to Detroit for this is before it was called Duce Palooza, back when it was any Palooza still. Uh, uh, you know, up in up in St. Andrew's Hall, nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like in the in in the in, in in the mix. Remember going to to, to my niggas uh barber's house and it was like seeing the burglar bars on the doors. I'm like, okay, I see where I see where we are. You know, seven mile. Cool. I you. Um, and so it's, it's, it's shout out to all the detroit women who, who who will who will stab you and make you dinner in the same breath um you know what I'm saying? i think i think it's one of those things where every, a lot of things are cyclical uh i truly believe that and i so because i believe that as um as the coasts continue to have their own issues right with rising rent you know what i'm saying they're uh the climate change is, is is really affecting the coastal cities because of all of that's going on. Like, there are some parts of the Midwest that will see another resurgence as people like kind of travel, you know. Because we saw that a little bit, um, you know, b- because of COVID, people were like, "Why will I? Pay? Why should I pay this San Francisco ass rent, right? If if my job's fully remote, when I can do the job the same way and live in Indianapolis, like, and." and then you have the companies kind of fighting back where it's like we were paying you San Francisco market rate. If you want to live in Indianapolis, we could pay you Indianapolis market rate. Like. Right. So but it is it is it is sad to see. I mean, it's the Detroit's just one example of the Midwest. I mean, cuz like a lot of the shit you said about Detroit, you can all say about Cleveland. You can also say about Indianapolis. Like I saw some depressing ass pictures of the Circle the Circle City classic. Like depressing like you know what I'm saying? Just like, damn, like, um, and I think I mean it's suffering a lot from the same same symptoms. And um, Flint don't Flint still doesn't have clean water. We saw a little Miss Flint go from like a little a, little, a literal child. She's in high school now. Yeah. Like so, just you know, pray, you know, shout out to the Midwest. And I think honestly, all of that experience is kind of what drives like Midwestern hustle. Like no shade to the to, to the New yorks and, and the LAs of the world, but like the hustlers I know, even if they don't live in the Midwest anymore, they the, from
1: the Midwest.
0: They from the Midwest, like they they the the go getters, the grinders. But I'm gonna make a way out of no ways. Like a lot of the niggas, they may be in L A. or New York or Miami or whatever, but you ask them where they from, they from the Midwest because oh. that's. We had to do. We had to do it like that in order to survive, nigga. Like so,
1: baby. You know Ohio girls do it better. Shout out to the girls in Indianapolis doing their thing. Shout out to the girls in Cleveland doing their thing. Like, girl. Shout out to the girls in Chicago. Shout out to. Shout out to y'all. Like the Midwest truly wins.
2: We we truly run the world. Anyway, you ready to chop the stable?
0: Yeah, let's get to chopping the shits. You know what I'm saying.
2: I don't see
1: nothing wrong with a little federal time.
0: This <laughs> a remix to Conviction, throw your ass in the prison. You was rolling that body, now they go get your ass in the prison. <laughs> Doing about 20 years, I know that nigga got fear. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay all jokes aside all jokes aside because baby all right trigger warning we are gonna talk about sexual assault and sexual abuse it's
0: not funny but it's
1: kind of funny baby let me tell you something y'all know how niggers are party are we're gonna get the jokes off right that's just niggas the one thing niggas gonna do is make light of everything absolutely um, absolutely um but the jury has found R. Kelly, guilty on all counts in his New York sex trafficking case. Um, they include racketeering, kidnapping, forced labor, bribery, eight violations of the Mann Act, a sex, a, a sex trafficking, which is a sex trafficking statute. Um, he faces a max total of up to 100 years in prison, and that is just in the state of New York. Um, so I am extremely curious to see what happens with the case that he has in Chicago. I am also seriously um, interested to see what happens with his court case in New York. Whatever happens, I hope that all of these cases run consecutively and not concurrent. I pray that you rot in jail. I pray that your victims, find, your victims and survivors find peace. And every single last one of anybody who supports R. Kelly, I pray that you never find peace. And I, never, I, I pray for nothing but bad things for you. And I don't really pray for that, but I don't pray good for you either. Like, I don't pray peace. I don't pray kindness. I don't pray that you have, you find prosperity because that's a sick man. That's a, that's a disease. That's a sickness. Once was enough. You did this multiple times. Also, R. Kelly is illiterate. So there's no way he was doing this shit by himself. So anybody who was aiding and abetting find themselves in jail, anybody his, fucking Andrea Kelly, I wish you would shut up. I wish you would close her full ass mouth. You have mixed feelings because you had children with a man who is you had children with this man. So I understand seeing the father of your children in jail, but also you knew and were you knew what he was doing. And if you didn't if you weren't in sounding, blowing the fucking whistle, if you weren't saying, ah, ah, no, no, if you were not calling this bullshit for what the fuck it was, then you are absolutely just as part of the problem as he is.
2: I'm, I, I, I have no choice as a survivor, but to feel that way. So good, good luck and God, good riddance. Um, God bless
1: it. I don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in, so the forgiveness is not up to me. It's
2: up to God, and to be honest with you, I hope you're right in hell. Calvin. Um, shout out to the Boondocks. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Because
0: uh, Aaron Magruder is a time traveler. That man clearly saw things that we imagine. We- He saw things that we imagined and and, and it became real, right? So even as R. Kelly was literally getting the book thrown at him, and mind you, he can't read the book that's being thrown at him. You had supporters of him protesting, singing his songs, even a
2: congressman
0: talking about how, like, you know, he hopes he can be, you know, re- rehabilitated
2: this the third. I'm like, it's it's it's, it's... it's... it's disappointing, not surprising, right? Um,
0: I don't... I hope that for the victims, both that we know about and both that we don't, Um, I hope that this gives them a level of closure, you know, level of, of peace, Understanding that this man is finally being punished for the crimes that he's committed. Um. Again, this is it's a, this this the culture enabled him for far too long. Um, we, like, I mean, we were making jokes about him pissing on an underage girl in 2004.
1: I mean, but okay, in all fairness, right?
0: and I, I, and I'm not saying that to like on oh, some gotcha shit. We could talk. No, no, about
1: no. That. What I'm saying is this. Our generation, Calvin, the thirty-year-olds that are like us, the millennials, holding R. Kelly accountable was not up to us.
0: Uh, I don't think it. I don't think it was. I don't. Let think me finish.
1: Let me finish my thought though. Holding R. Kelly accountable for being sick was not up the new the, that that responsibility was not up to us. My parents always knew what type of time we was on. Like I was never allowed. Like my parents was not going with R. Kelly. He was. We never listened to it. Never. Never listened to his music. Like I was never my mom was never into it pops wasn't no and i didn't understand it i do now obviously but um i think that we are harsh with each other about the jokes that we that we cracked because honestly we didn't understand the gravity of the situation because it wasn't our responsibility to like not at that point but when you grow and you know better you do better also rape culture isn't what it is what is it wasn't isn't what it is then what it is today, and the accountability pieces that are in place now and 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 guardrails, so to speak, are that are in place now to sound the whistle. Like, no, am I saying that the system is perfect? Absolutely not. But I do hope and pray that we are working towards A system in a world that makes women feel more comfortable to speak up for themselves. And I am absolutely, I'm not naive nor wet behind the ears. And I understand that that world may not exist for, it doesn't exist now.
2: And it doesn't exist. And I pray that we are building something for our nieces and daughters. But it, I can say that I feel, I would feel, how do I say this? And I'm trying to choose my words very carefully. I know that the
1: response that I got years ago when I needed to tell my story, and the response that my nieces and my my sisters and and the girls that I, and the girls and young men that I claim myself as a protector or a safe place for, the response that they would get out of me and the response that I got in the past would be totally different things. And I know that's because the world around them is changing because of the world that we had. And I know that a lot of that responsibility and that, that, that charge was led by us. We are protecting our kids in a way that we weren't protected at one point in time. And I, for that, I'm extremely happy for it. For our elders, when it comes to sexual abuse and when it comes to misconduct, when it, com- when it comes to that kind of shit, especially in our community, what happens in my house stays in my house. What goes on, you know what I'm saying? You don't talk about that with anybody. Our elders failed us in, to an, a certain extent. And one day, maybe not today, we are absolutely going to have a conversation about how black women, elder black women were not safe places for young black girls when it comes to being protected against predators. They weren't. Because these girls were 13, 14 years old. Somebody was signing permission slips for these girls to be out with this grown ass man. Somebody had to be given the okay. So when I tell you that R. Kelly may be the one standing trial, but there are multiple systems that failed these girls, I mean that shit from the top to the bottom. Every every single last one of R. Kelly's victims, because victims and survivors, this system failed them. Parents were getting paid the fuck off to have R. Kelly in the studio with with your child. You were getting paid off. He was hanging
0: around... High school parking lots in Chicago, like the teachers had to know about it. Like, and and, and I think, like
2: there's I something, said, there,
1: there there's were something multiple said. systems, multiple systems, multiple things in place that failed these young women, failed them. And, and honestly,
0: I, and, and I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, like right it, right it right came, right. it came out even during the trial that like he was a predator to young men too. Yeah, I, he just he knew he knew that the young men would wouldn't feel comfortable enough coming out about it because now you're gay right, and he knew that people wouldn't believe the young women like it's, it he people he used the the biases and the biases of our system against us like our young our 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 elders talking about you know what I'm saying these fast ass girls like that you, you place in the the, the, the the onus of responsibility and blame on, on the wrong individual like you know what I mean like it's up to be adult in the situation to, to understand that like I don't give a fuck how you think this 15 year old looks you and a 15 year old should not have anything in common
1: like, Baby, let me tell you something I don't care I'm not gonna lie
2: and this is just me being honest just completely transparent I, eighteen-year-old girls dating
1: men in their late twenties always makes me cringe. She don't know shit. Now, you want to be—how do I say this? Maybe late twenty-five dating somebody a little bit older than you. I'll probably have less less to say. Like because at at twenty-five, you know a little bit more. You're not quite so wet behind the ears. But twenty-five-year-old Alex n- didn't know as much as she needed to know. But that's that. Shit, 30 year old Alex don't know everything she needs to know. Um, but when you are 18 years old dating late 20 year olds, I'm so sorry. These niggas that are 25, 26, dating 18 year old, 19 year old girls, I have something to say. That, that She ain't got no life
2: about her. And at 30, what the fuck do you have in common with an 18 year old? Like, when I see, you know,
0: when I see a woman that's, like, 23 and I'm about to be 30, I'm like, ooh, baby, you young. You young as hell. Like, it just, because it's just, like, the, the, the curve, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out of both of us. I'm the one that's, like, more analytical and mathy. Like, there's a curve of, like, experience that is, like, an exponential curve, meaning the older you get, the more you start to learn about life to the point where it's hard to learn more. And where you at on that curve at 18 and where you at on that curve at 25 and where you at on that curve at 30 is drastically different. And it's, not a, and, it's, and it's not just about age. It's about maturity, right? Because it's hard to be mature when you ain't go through shit. You feel what I'm saying? When you ain't go through these life lessons and, and you start to realize that, like, the people who sound smart, they, they ain't that smart. they just older than you. Right, like you, 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 you have these individuals, these men and these women who are just parroting like these bullshit ass, like surface level ass, like wisdoms. And because you're young and you don't know no better, you falling for the shit, right? Because he, he's so mature, he's so intelligent, he's so wise. Like no, baby girl, he's just old. He just old. Like he just old, and he got a little bit of money because the nigga been working at the factory for ten years. Like he, you, it's not. It's not what you think it is. And it's not your fault because you don't know enough to be able to
2: defend yourself from these predatory advances. So, and you're not wrong. I think that the, how do I say this?
1: I'm really, me in my words, I've been choosing shit very carefully, haven't I? Um, because I, I am dating an older gentleman. And the age difference here does factor. It doesn't. It does not it doesn't. However, the difference is that I am not... I'm 30 years old. We're a full-blown grown woman at 30. Like, there's a lot that comes with that. And not saying that... Not to invalidate the womanhood of anybody who's 25. But there's still, like, at 25, you're fully insured by yourself. There's a reason why they baby step or scaffold even through adulthood. 18, you don't know shit. You you can't there's so much you still can't do simply because that again, the development is not there. The experience isn't there. You don't know. You just don't know. And then you got 21, you're starting to really start, okay, life matters a little bit more. And at twenty-five, them training wheels are completely off. This shit is really, really on you at this point. Like, you should know a little bit more. You should be able to do a little bit more. Expect a little bit more.
2: You know what I mean? So, again, there's just, how do I say this? You owe it to yourself
1: to be better to yourself. And, I mean, better to yourself so that you can be better to others. And as I look back, and as I look at some of the girls that, you know, I mentor and kind of take underneath my big sister wing and my auntie wing. I have nieces when I come to go to see my nieces, their eyes light up when I walk in the room. That's like, do you know what feeling that is? Like auntie's, auntie's here, Titi's here. I, want, I have a niece that whenever I'm in the room, all she does is sit in my lap. She will fall asleep right in my arms. All she wants to do is come over. I have another girl who all she wants to do is come over and play in my heels and makeup. Do you know how happy that makes me? That I am somebody's safe space. But also, there's such a responsibility that comes with that. Like, I owe it to you to give you the best that I had. I owe it to you to give you everything 17-year-old, 16-year-old, 15-year-old Alex needed. Being, showing up as a person that I needed the most. And that brings me such peace and also a sense of responsibility. So... When I think about when I, because I, I had to be careful, but I did watch the, the first season of Surviving R. Kelly. It was extremely triggering, obviously.
2: But I definitely had to just tell, say to myself, there were so many adults that failed. So many
1: adults that stopped seeing teenage girls as teenagers because they was too busy calling them fast. Girl, they're not fast. They're not fast. They're experimenting with everything
2: in their life. Did you think sex wasn't going to be something they didn't experiment with too? Like, come on.
1: You can't tell them, okay, play with your hair and makeup and and your feelings and these emotions and these raging freaking hormones. I am 30 years old and I still deal with this change in hormones in my body once a month. It drives me crazy. I feel like I have maybe two normal weeks a year. If you count all the days that I actually feel like myself, maybe two weeks. Tops. Like, okay, I'm being dramatic. But you get my point. Like, more often than not, I'm dealing with the shift up or shift down of hormones and emotion. And then you are you mean to tell me if I still struggle with that at 30. What the fuck is some 14-year-old, 13-year-old girl who's just figuring out what a period in a menstrual cycle is and having women around her who aren't talking to her the way that they're supposed to be so that this isn't such a big scary thing and also not protecting them against predatory men I also understand that hurt people hurt people so maybe they were preyed on too the cycle continues right but as somebody who has had to walk through several generational curses the burden is on us for better or for worse so not to be long-winded about any more long-winded about this my prayers and my support and my positive energy and thoughts are for the victims and survivors. And I pray that these women find some closure. Um, a lot of women don't, but I pray that these women do. Two, to anybody who felt like, baby, you didn't have nothing better to do than to stand outside a courtroom of a man who's convicted of 100 years and plast his music. He got convicted. He is facing up to 100 years in prison, and you honestly thought that standing and picketing outside of the courtroom was going to
2: do shit. He wasn't popping willies on probation, baby. He was raping and taking advantage of the innocent.
1: Also, there are grown-ass women standing outside of that courtroom. He wasn't checking for you anyway,
2: baby. I don't understand. Whew. Anyway calvin you actually brought a great point
1: to my attention and i wanted you to expound oh look at me <laughs> expound on this point
0: motherfucker, go, motherfucker go take our first international trip now start using sat words i'm sick of your shit and
1: that's an sat word we have a bigger issue at hand because that means that there are <laughs> a lot more kids that were left behind
0: oh no um, listen listen uh, from i realized that not only do niggas not know about science niggas also don't know about statistics but that's another question for another okay. day
1: Ooh, we said we weren't going to talk about the COVID, the, COVID, the COVID today. We said we weren't going to do it today, Calvin. We're not doing it today. Anyway. i
0: This niggas are stupid. So uh-huh. wait, speaking
1: of niggas, right? All right. So Netflix, every once in a while, Netflix will drop some heat. And they did. Baby Squid Game. Have you, are you hip? Have you watched it yet?
0: Listen. I have not watched none of the shows, nigga. What I tell you that grad school, working these two jobs, and everything else, nigga, I have not watched a single, solitary, not a bit of nothing, nigga. I am behind on all
1: of it. So let me get a real nigga caught up. And I'm not going to tell y'all too much because I definitely want y'all to watch this shit. But y'all remember the playground games that we used to play, right? Like, we used to play, what is it, Tug of War. And, right. um, like just little playground shit, like, play. you know, anyway, so there's this game, this show on Netflix called squid game and they'll explain why the show is called squid game. Like in the beginning, like they'll explain the concept of squid game. Cause I can't, I, I just can't anyway. So it's basically the, the basis of the show is competition. Right. And you take all of these people who are severely in debt, like they owe Millions of yen to the Chinese government Korean government whatever and they are uh, essentially abducted into this place it's a little it's a little saw-esque environment and you compete in order to you know what I'm saying win go on to the next level to win all this money right sounds like you're a typical like game show except niggas are dying
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and,
1: all I'm going to say, because I don't want to give up too much, this shit, that first episode had me fucked up. Oh, hell nah. So, um, yeah, Netflix actually hit it on the head with this one. I actually, I fuck with this one. I, I sure do.
0: Netflix is, you don't do the sports. I'm going I'm to I'm put it like this. Lord. Nef- Netflix is like that thirsty nigga in the club or that drunk nigga in the club. That talks to every every shorty in the club, like you see her, you see him with like every shorty, and maybe he just thirsty, maybe he just drunk, maybe he's just African. Like you just see him,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just see him out here just shooting at everything, right?
1: Maybe and he's just drunk, or maybe he's just African is egregious.
0: And but then at the end of the night, you see him with somebody, right? Like you see somebody then somebody that like
2: okay, look at you go. Shout out to you.
0: That's Netflix. For all the bullshit they be throwing at the walls all the time, all the original programming that we don't never hear about because it's shitty. Every now and then, Netflix will be like, Haha, gotcha. And, we, and Netflix just has enough of the success rate where we keep coming back for more. Because, let's be real, Netflix, like, percentage of, like, that's a one hot show or every 15 show average, baby. Like, where to J C? <laughs> but like they may be getting that one just at the time where we like, nigga, Netflix, you want some bullshit. And they get that one that grabs that hold of folks to just allow them to keep push pushing out the other bullshit because you don't know because they just had a they just had a good one. It's like, it's like, and I don't mean this to be any sort of phobic. It's like Lil Nas X. Like Lil Nas X had that one. It had Old Town Road was slap. Everybody was fucking with it. And so when he kept pushing out other shit that maybe wasn't as good to the, to the masses, he was like, okay, this, this ain't hitting the way Old Town Road was hitting. But I remember how good Old Town Road was. So we going to give him a chance on this other shit because I remember how good the one shit he did had. You know what I'm saying? I'm That's not, not going to
1: lie. What is the name of his new album, Lil Nas X Montero?
0: Yeah.
2: That shit kind of slaps. Like Slide is actually a banger.
0: I haven't I when I t I haven't got around to some, some of the new music either. Like I, I heard Seven Streeter drop some fire.
1: Seven Streeter drop some heat. Those cat still got me in a vice script. Sure does.
0: Um, I've heard, you know what I'm saying, uh like on the rap side, like West Side Gun got some shit. That's like you heard her niggas was really fucking with. Like, I'm behind on all that shit. So like and you know me, I'm usually the person who's up on all the new shit. I can't, I can't even call it right now, nigga, because I need my my, my, old, my old reliables to get me through this uh, grad school program. I ain't got time to be searching out for the new shit. I need the shit I know going to slap.
1: Booty so big. Lord, have mercy. That is my shit. I ain't going to hold you. I heard that song.
0: That song ain't for me. I'm not the intended audience. So no, I'm you're not. So let, let women ride.
1: have things. Stay out of women's business, Calvin
0: it's just i'm just gonna let women have it just just you
2: know beautiful gowns wonderful gowns oh my beautiful God. gowns. what a dick all right so i really actually
1: like the this one that you wanted to talk about why don't you discuss the importance of community
0: so um this this kind of came to my mind recently you know what i'm saying based off of several events that, that have gone on that we, that, that have hit close to home to us, right? Uh-huh. And I think about, I ain't talking about the vaccine, but I, can't, I am talking about the pandemic. And I am talking about, like, March, April, May 2020 when, like, niggas was really isolated out here, right?
2: Mm-hmm. When
0: you had to kind of, when, like, you had to kind of, it felt like, sne- like seeing your homies and your close friends was, like, sneaking out at night, right? Like, ooh, girl, we 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 living on the edge. We going to we going to a friend's house, right? Um, and and you saw the the just the collective decline in people's mental health mm-hmm. because because of that, right? And you also saw that like people would band together in in crazy ways to try to like support each other through that time period. Like we was drinking on in front of a camera on a laptop in order to make people feel like they still had their community, they still had their people. We was banding together. Mm -hmm. raising all sorts of money for our favorite restaurants and our favorite small businesses in order to keep them in business. Right. And so I, so I, I take that because I truly don't believe that you are meant to go through life alone. And I don't mean that like you're meant, like you're supposed to have like a romantic partner that, or, or a husband, a wife, a partner, I just believe that you're not meant to go through life without, like, a group of people. How, how small or how big is up to you that when you, when you need them, that they're there for you.
1: So this is my philosophy, and I've had to learn this um, a lot of... I've, I've learned this lesson twice, <laughs> thrice over, actually. But I am truly in love right now. And it's in very platonic ways. Like, I am so in love with my friends. I love y'all. And I go out of my way to show you. Sometimes it can be a little overbearing. Uh, sometimes it could be a little aggressive. <laughs> I will be the first person to say that. Y'all shit, y'all know it. Y'all be like, that's just Alex. She loves me. Like, and it's not me loving hard because I think that's, loving me loudly and hardly is the only way you can love me. I need to feel it and it needs to be in my face i need, sometimes I do need some reassurance, and when I need that i, I I'm very vocal about that, but man and, that's, and
0: and and that's where I think we differ right like we differ on that because i don't I don't really expect that from the people who love me if that makes sense, right
2: yeah. like
0: i don't you know what I'm saying, I'm more so like, hey like you know you like you ain't got to tell me. You love me every day, just just tell me that you see me trying right like my thing is like hey, I just need you to I need you to acknowledge the effort I'm putting in for what and as far as how we try to maintain this friendship this relationship whatever i don't need I don't need you to like you know what I'm saying like but we're different in that, and I think that's part of a conversation that we have about me and you is like my the way I show love is like I'm here like I'm here like I haven't left i haven't i stayed silent i stayed down like. What the fuck you mean I don't love you? And you was like, no, but, but you don't say it. And I'm like, well, I got to say it if I'm here and I'm showing. It. You know, but we have that, we have that conversation right. back and forth because we just see the shit different. Right, what I'm saying?
2: I agree. And I
1: think between you and I, like, and, and everybody else, we've gone through that. And I think that's the importance of also, like, letting your friends know exactly how you need to be loved by your friends, too. We talk a lot about like love languages and how they show up in rom- romantic relationships, which is absolutely necessary. But your love languages and how you expect appreciation and how you give and receive appreciation shows up in your workplace. It shows up in, in your platonic spaces with your family. Like my are not members of my family do not love each other the same because a lot of times that you fall out with people is simply because behind misunderstanding what they receive as love and what you do. So understanding what they, what people need from you and understanding what you need from people is healthy. I know that, I know my, my, listen, my number one love language is acts of service and words of affirmation. I need it. I need it. it it's, it's how it shows up for me. I need that. The motherfucker who goes out of their way for me, you took time out of your day to do something for me because it benefited me. Like that's, oh my God, you'll have me for life. But that's me. You know what I mean? Um, For you, it may show up as however it shows up for you. You know what I'm saying? But being loved on in ways that look like love to you is important. And it also allows you to show up for other people in the same way. Reciprocity isn't always you gave me a dollar, so I'm going to give you a dollar back. Sometimes reciprocity is, okay, I gave you a dollar. I don't need the dollar back, but you could use this dollar to buy me something I would like. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. But if that nigga wants their money back, get their money back.
0: <laughs> you know. what right, so, so yeah. So I think we say this oftentimes, even in relationships, right, where somebody will list off all the things that they did for this person, and they don't understand why they didn't feel love or why they chose to end it. And the question I always ask is, but did they want that? Did they ask for that? Like. You'll be doing, you'll be giving hella gifts to somebody like buying flowers every day, chocolates, roses, Louis Burke bag, Louis Vuitton, two, uh, 2K, PS5, whatever. And that motherfucker just wanted you to like spend time with them and like maybe give them a massage when they had them all day. But you didn't do that because you, that's, you know what I'm saying? So it's like both sorts of things really stand out. And I think it, it, when it comes back to community, it comes back to being open and honest with each other and also allowing the opportunity for your people to be your people. Right. Um you like you got on me on that cuz it was like you got to let your friends be your friends sometimes and i think you got to let your partner be your partner. You got to like you got to trust that if you're vulnerable and you're honest about like hey i ain't got it right now or hey i need this or hey what you said bothered me a little bit. Like you know what i'm saying? I don't think you meant it in that way but like i took it like i it bothered me a little it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Being able to trust the people that you consider close around you to have those conversations and 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 it not blow up into an argument is super valuable. And I think when you don't have that, or you don't allow friends to be your friends, when you don't allow people to have these conversations with you, you isolate yourself, and and you become cocooned, and you and you you start to get in the echo chamber where. Your, your your darkest thoughts are just kind of bouncing off of each other. Like, man, these people don't really love me for real. They're not really rocking with me for real. They take me for granted for real. They, 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 they ostracize me. And it's like, if you communicated that with your folks, maybe you would have realized, like, no, like, that was not the case at all. But it requires communication and, and it requires openness and honesty and vulnerability and also accountability for it. You know, maybe you're not communicating your wants and needs as effectively as you think you are.
2: And that's the that on that. Um, so, and I think we've touched on this before, but, like, sometimes all the time when, I'm, and you may have to decipher
1: this, because, Calvin, you you touched on it. But you said that people have a hard time confusing availability with access. What do you mean by that? So I,
0: I, I first thought about this because of my work day tomorrow. Right? I, I started, I started, I started a new job, and you know the, the trainings and the transitions. And so I looked at my calendar, and literally like back to back, and not even like back to back with like breaks in between, but literally back to back. I'm in meetings from like eight thirty to two, and I'm just like. And I think part of it is the virtual aspect of, of work now for a lot of these things because mm. we believe that since you, ain't, since you don't have to travel from conference room to conference room, from, from building to building or whatever the case may be, that you just... It's okay to have these things back to back to back to back to back. To back. And, and you talked about it like you, you block off, you know what I'm saying, you block off 30 minutes between meetings all the time. And so like understanding and and moving forward like i'm gonna block off this haircut i'm getting on friday like do not try to have a meeting with me between Mm -hmm. the hours of 12 and 2 i'm busy busy doing what you ask none of goddamn business i am busy but i think that also translates into non-work life our personal life too right where it's like that that one free day that you may have right because you're Mm -hmm. you're you're you're, you're, you're working, you're doing your, 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 your after-work shit, your after-work hobbies, you may be in some clubs, you're doing a podcast, whatever the case may be, and people feel entitled to that one free day because that's the only day that you have, right? Was like, so, you know, the the, theory, the, 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 the example that people like to use is like, if your partner, call if you call off a of work, and your partner realizes that you call off of work. So they call off of work too, because they want to spend a day with you. But you just really wanted some like clear head time to yourself to kind of like recenter right. yourself. Like that sort right. of thing. And I think a lot of times, especially now, because we some of us, I can't speak for everybody, some of us are realizing how short life is. So you want to maximize the time that you have with the people that you love while you while you while they're here with you. And I understand that. But it's also like if just because I may not have anything on my calendar for a certain day does not mean that I'm free for a certain day and does not mean that you automatically get access to me on that day. Because if because if I want to show up as my best self when I'm around you, you got to allow me to do that. And I may not be my best self on that day because I'm still recovering from 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 all the busyness that I had prior. It's like if, if you are sick or you injured, and that first day that you get clear after a surgery, or first day you get cleared to go back to like normal activity or whatever, you're not rushing to get so, back in the full swing of things. You 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 try to build yourself up to that.
1: My only and I agree with you, friend. My only issue is this. When people get to talking about access and availability, we sound we get to sounding like real kind of rude when we talk about it, right? You know what I mean? Even like when people start talking about protecting their energy, we start sounding real rude. I think that that's a double-edged sword, and I say it like this, right? If I want to spend, if I want some of your time, there's a way to ask, right? And I think, of course, given the hierarchy that we may have with certain people in my relationship, like for instance, with beloved, if she asks for your time, that's more of a priority. That's something you're going to do. Versus, if I ask for your time and you're like, Alex, you know what? I, I am free this day, but I'm actually really tired. Can we reschedule for a time when I'm a little more up to it? That's one thing, right? You make things a priority with how it works out. But sometimes people get, I uh, you know, get real indignant about that, and it's like, dog, you don't. It don't. Re- it doesn't require all of that. If you really just say, I need some time to myself. I've had a week. Yes, I am free this day, but technically, I really want this free time to be for actual just free time. I don't want to pack my schedule with shit. Then the people around you should be able to respect that, depending upon how you say that.
2: And
0: and I think sometimes we get, I sometimes people get into a trap of like a white lie, right? Because they'd rather just not have that sort of conversation because they don't, they don't, they don't trust the conversation to go in right. an amicable manner. So they're just and, like, hey, I, I like I'm busy doing whatever that day. I can't do it that day, right? And I think you you got to allow people. To 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 talk to you in a, in a respectful way, but also, and I also think-
1: yeah, I agree with you. You got to be able, and you also have to be able to hear the word fucking no, hey bro, I'm really not feeling it today. Like, baby, sometimes I'll be waiting for my friends to cancel some shit. You promise, like, bro, you swear, <laughs> like, like, should I pencil or pin this in? Because I, I, we, don't, if you don't want to, I am not gonna be mad. Like, it's okay to feel that way.
0: And I think the one thing that I think it is okay to be a little more protective over is your time and your energy, though. So I understand, like, I get what you're saying about like people coming off rude and everything like that. But I think that sometimes you know this, you got to be a guard dog about your energy. Um, Because if you're not a guard dog about your time and your energy, like, you have the most intrinsic motivation to make sure that you are okay and you're balanced and you're in your and you're and your and you're centered and you're in your in your all of that like can't no one give a can't no one give more of a fuck about you than you right and so i think sometimes that comes off like yo like hey i can't do it you know what i'm saying right like, now nah. right and like and it, it it may come off indignant and you know there's a fine line between everything but it's like sometimes you gotta be like no i can't but no 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 like like for all my niggas out there for h- however stubborn you are when somebody tries to offer you a bullshit ass fantasy football trade, be that stubborn about your time when you ain't got it like that. And for all the ladies out there, for every- how stubborn you are when a crusty, dusty slide in your DMs asking, saying that he wants you, be a stubborn
2: when it comes to your time and your energy. I'd agree. Calvin, would you like to end this on a positive note? absolutely um I think that we we often
0: again we often underestimate how much people actually give a fuck about us um and how much people see us see what we do how we move how we react how we how we do things because it's normal to us but it's not normal to everybody else right
2: Right.
0: so literally fresh out of class um we were working on like our why statements, right? And our why statement is pretty much like, why the fuck do you do what you do? Obviously, they don't say it as vulgar as I say it, but it's almost midnight here on the East Coast, so I'm a cuss. cuss. Um, and so when I gave my statement on my why statement, and my why statement was like, why do you do what you do? And I, my statement was, I, I communicate effectively between different styles and and, and thought processes in order to build consensus to a positive outcome and and i didn't i was hesitant on like if i liked it for real for real if i didn't like it for real for real and the uh fucking um teacher was like it's because it's not as sharp as you are and that that hit me because it's like that's a fucking phd professor who got several books out here like that them but like no like don't don't dull yourself don't don't make yourself small like you you if you a bad motherfucker say that and i think sometimes we underestimate how much other people see that we a bad motherfucker see that see that we out here doing our shit see how see that we care about the things that we care about and give a fuck about you i think especially as as, as black man we think we earn we earn extra stripes by going through some shit Alone, or going through some shit, just like you know, and not letting not letting the people around us know that we hurt right now, and we don't. Like you don't get extra points for going through some shit if you go through it without telling your nigga that you're going through. Like there's no extra style points that's given to that. But if you don't get through it because you ain't asked nobody for help, now you in a fucked up position. So my positive note for today is like, don't ever underestimate the people around you, seeing you and giving a fuck about you and caring about you. Because like niggas see you, niggas give a fuck about you, niggas care about you, people are actively rooting for you. Like we talk all the time about our haters, but we also have supporters that we don't know about too. People that on the, on on the side, on the outside looking in, in the in the peanut gallery it was like, I'll rock with what that motherfucker out here doing.
2: Like, again, focus on that. Right. So my positive note is baby use your PTO. I'm for damn sure using
1: mine. And when I tell you that I'm really ecstatic about it, I'm truly geeked. I am 100% ready for this shit. I'm ready to get the fuck ASAP. Your girl has been through some shit this past year, even if I didn't. We're celebrating some wins. We're celebrating some highs. We're celebrating some life. We're celebrating just good energy, good people, great food, great experiences. I plan on coming back tan as a bitch and ecstatic about and motivated about what's next. So I always say that my New Year's starts in October. It always does. So it is very fitting that I will be on vacation for my New Year's. <laughs> um, so I'm just looking forward to coming back relaxed, rejuvenated, and ready. Um, it's your girl, Allie Nicole.
0: It's your boy, Fee Diddy. We are out of here. Hey. <laughs> Yo, I'm about to take a chance, yo. Blindfolded with the free throw. Lil' mama playing good defense. Two seconds on the clock, I'm gonna score. About to shoot, about to shoot, about to shoot my shot.
2: Yo, about to shoot, about to shoot, about to shoot my shot. Yo, girl, pick you posted.